What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Do Good Movement. Our purpose here is to make a positive impact in our society through real-life education. The movement comes into play when you guys share the content to help other people do good just like you. Super excited for today. For all of you watching, you can see we have a guest uh, on with us. Um, I'm going to introduce Krista Crawford, Mrs. Salvage Soul. A uh, little bit about Krista. Four kids, self-made multimillionaire, top five earner in Monet, um, just a total badass. Krista, thank you so much for joining us today. Aw, thanks for the intro. You're so sweet. I'm pumped to be here, and I just, I love everything you stand for right now, and, you know, sharing this, and honestly, helping other people is, is the reason for being, so let's do it. That's right. So today, we're going to talk about changing your future. Uh, Krista has an amazing story. We're going to jump right into it. And so, Krista, I want to like let's rewind back from in your when maybe when you're a kid, right? What did you envision your life to look like? And then after that, I want to talk about where was your life seven years ago? Because I know a lot of people know you, a lot of people see you, but they see you where you are today. Right. And I I want to just go all the way back to where did you envision your life back when you're younger? You know, I I actually that's like kind of a crazy question because I always knew what I wanted and I, I was always more of like a long-term person. Yeah. So like I had friendships that were like best friends or not really any friends. You know, I had relationships that it's like, you know, I remember the first two weeks I met my husband. I'm like, okay, are we going to like get married and have kids or is this like a waste of time? Cause I'm just not interested in that. Um, and I, I knew I was going to be a millionaire. I had no idea how, but yeah. I said from like a very young age, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. And I had done every single job that you could think of. Like I could literally write a book on every, I've worked at every fast food restaurant. I worked at Subway, McDonald's, Taco Bell, KFC, Sonic. I mean, and then I got into like Target, Sears. I was a marionette. Oh I worked God. at a I worked at a daycare. I did, I literally did all the things. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, um, it's just, I, I saw my parents own their own businesses my whole life. And I think that, you know, as I look back, it's like all of those skills that I learned in every single different job that I had, even if it was like, you know, the two week, make it through training, decide like, I'm not into this by, like I learned something. And I think that one of the biggest things that I learned was people, you know? And um, I just, I really, really had no clue. And as we're gonna get into my story a little bit more, talking about like direct sales and getting into that business is just like the farthest thing from anything that I ever thought. So I think yeah. like one of the main messages that I want people to take away is you have permission to change your mind and do something different and to honestly just rely on God to like guide your life That's and right. just go for whatever. And a couple of things you just said that make a, a lot of sense now, like looking at your life and where you are. I said, how, what did you envision your life to look like? And it's a life that you're living today, right? So for everybody listening today, you have to picture it, you have to believe it, you have to dream it you have to obsess about it and then it becomes reality. There's no other way to get there without seeing that and having that expectation. The second thing you said is you had all these different jobs, right? 
and we're talking about dating and different things like that. And you got in and you got out. If it wasn't for you, if it's not what you wanted, if it wasn't going to help you hit your goal and where you wanted to go in life, you made a quick decision versus sitting there and wasting time and waiting it out. It's amazing. Yeah. And then so we talk about like, let's go six years back because that's a big transition for you, right? Where, where you were six years ago, what were you doing? So I actually, I kind of want to take it back even further than Let's that. Do I want to take it back like 10 years Let's ago. Go 10 and years. I'm just gonna like skip through because I think that the first five years, I mean, a lot of people, like I said, they look at my success now and they're like, oh my gosh, like they have no idea where I came from, what I went through, what I did. Like, I'm not the person that they envision in the WIC office, you know, waiting to get my milk and, you know, um, my, my groceries and stuff from there and going and sitting in all the state benefits offices and literally being on, you know, the, like having government insurance and having all the government assistance. And a lot of people actually came to know me during my salvage soul wood furniture days. So I feel like when people think of me, you know, um, they think of like that kind of era where yeah. it's like, oh, she was really struggling in her marriage and she was really struggling with this. But I think the thing that people don't realize is even though in my mind, I was still set on, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. I was yeah. literally on food stamps, on WIC, doing all the things. And then, you know, come Pinterest and I start this wood furniture business that kind of explodes over five years into this like, you know, celebrity filled clientele, amazing business. But what I, what I look at now is I look at the fact that like that first five years built me for what I would, you know, yes. become in this next chapter. So it's like, it's not even, you know, a lot of the, the, the lessons that I've learned that I'm able to teach people now in this business actually happened to me in my other business. That's right. You know, so it wasn't even like Monate was where I like got my big like kickstart. It was really where I started from the ground where, you know, like we had discussed where my husband wasn't supportive. I've gone through all of those things that people go through in this business. And I remember like the moment that I realized that, you know, which six years ago, I was four years into my wood furniture business. I had a incredible celebrity clientele, which I say that and it's not like, ooh, ooh, like I had a celebrity clientele, like that's the goal though. Whatever business you have, it's like you have a clothing business, get it on celebrities. That's right. You have a beauty business, get it in the hands of celebrities. Like in my mind, that was the tip top of where you can go with business was having, you know, celebrity endorsement and especially when it became relationships and support, like genuine support. Like it was, you know, I had Leanne Rhymes pay for furniture. Like it wasn't like everything was That's just right. gifted, you know? Um, so speaking in context of six years ago, I was again, four years into a business that I thought was going to take me to that million dollar mark because the first three years of that business, I scaled a lot. I scaled a lot and I actually was on track. And in my mind, the first three years, I'm like, okay, I'm on track. This is well, what, what happened was I, I hit the ceiling because I can't scale anymore with my two hands. Like I just can't. So you're building the furniture yourself. I'm literally picking out each piece of wood by myself, loading it up with my two-year-old baby with me. Like, and I mean, I, I mean like legitly by myself for the first two years of that business. It took me two years into building and installing furniture before I even hired an assistant. Like I would rely on my clients to like help me unload it oh from the, the back of my truck. So let's go, you know? 
so you're, you're saying, so 10 years ago, so like everybody who knows Chris today, multimillionaire, right? You go back 10 years ago, you're on food stamps. Is that what yeah. you're on food stamps? Yeah. And you're still driven to get past that, to get out of this. And you go and start this company. You guys, 10 years ago, actually it might be 11 now. I, I keep forgetting my son is, my, my son turned 11 in um, October. <laughs> I have a lot of sons, okay? Um, but anyways, it was 10, let's, let's call it 10 years ago on December 17th. I paid for, because I didn't have any money to get my husband a, a birthday present. His birthday is December 17th. I literally went to the grocery store with my food stamp card and spent the entire month of grocery money on steak and lobster to give him like a nice dinner for That's his birthday. That's amazing. So where, it's like, where was your mind at there? Because there's, peop there's people listening today and they, they might be where you were 10 years ago, right? How did you like, how, it, a lot of people get stuck there, but you, you somehow grew through there, right? And now you're talking about how that time served you and how it's helping you build your life even greater. Like how, when you're going through those times and it's, it's hard, right? How did you stay positive? How did you have like hope to like get through it? Earlier you talked about faith. Was it the faith? Was it just the, hey, nothing's going to like pull me back here? What was that? Because that, that's a huge pivot. What kept me going was I knew it wasn't forever. Nothing is forever. No feelings you have are forever. No, I mean, nothing you have is forever. And that, that goes for good and that goes for bad. So it's like you take what you can in the good seasons and you run with it. And then in the bad seasons, you know that, you know, at the end of the day, nothing nothing would feel good if you didn't feel the bad so 100%. i think that during that time frame of being in that place like i mean i know it's gonna sound crazy but like when i was there i just i knew i wasn't always gonna be there and i just knew it was you know for that time frame and i i mean i genuinely like my husband has like busted his ass since we've been together i moved out here we've been together since i was 17 i moved out to california when i was 18 and I mean, he's like a 70 hour construction working dude. Like yeah. he's like a hard physical labor driving from, you know, at the time, like Canyon Lake all the way to West Hollywood every single day, Monday through Friday, and then working on the weekend sometimes. So it was like, you only could, you only could do so much when you have, you know, I had this newborn baby and I didn't have any other work options. I was doing everything I could in between. I was an assistant for, you know, this, this older gentleman in my community who had, um, like a life insurance business. So I was like handwriting all of his envelopes. I worked for another friend and I was cold calling people for, um, like mortgage stuff. Like I did whatever I could yeah. with my baby, but I think at, at the end of the day, I wasn't willing to leave my baby and, um, both of my babies. I had at that time a, you know, a three-year-old and a newborn at the most, the, well, I, I guess I say that, but there were several years where WIC and food stamps like is really, truly what fed us. Um, and I think just, I knew that that wasn't forever. Like, I think seeing the possibility, and I guess this is what I want to tell people who are in that position, like go out into the world and just look around, like look at what's possible, but it's only possible for you if you believe it's possible for you. And I think that that's 
maybe the mindset that people don't have is they think like these are just the cards I was dealt like for me damn it like my life I don't have parents that have money I don't have this I didn't marry money I didn't have that and it's it, none of that ever all of that is irrelevant and here's the best part Krista is a living example we're only seven minutes into this. This is freaking good. She's a living example of being on that side of the spectrum to where she is today. So you go in, you build furniture, you start getting these really great clients. It was about, so at nine months into that business, which I mean, you guys, I had no idea again what that business, I was like, walk by faith. Like I literally have that tattooed on my arm. That's my life. I walk by faith, not by sight. So. I go into that and I'm just building, like, I find this, like, DIY tutorial on Pinterest. It was, like, right when Pinterest was popping, Facebook groups was popping, like, and I made this wood frame mirror. I, you guys, I spent every dime I had. I went, I met up with some dude on Craigslist, bought a saw, like, my, it was, it was crazy. Like, I look back now and I'm like, damn, I am a freaking hustler. Like, that's right. <laughs> that's, you know, like if I could see someone do that now, like I just, it's, it's, it was, it's rad looking back on it, you know? Um, and so I started making this and, and I started making about at the time I, you guys, I had no idea what RH was, restoration art barn, pottery barn. Like I came out to California. I didn't know like the, the biggest brand that I knew when I came out here when I was 18 years old was like Hollister and Abercrombie. Yeah. Like I had no fucking idea what like designer anything, like ne I never looked at anything. I have no clue. Yeah. Small town, hip town, like is where I came from in Arizona. And so anyways, I had a client ask me, she had bought a mirror from me. And at this time I was selling about four of these mirrors a week. I had gone on, I looked up wood frame mirror. I ended up finding a restoration hardware wood frame mirror. I said, okay, I can make one that's like that. And I could charge, you know, $500, $250, $250 to $500. Yeah. And depending on like the wood type, because they were selling them on there for like a thousand, two thousand, $3,000. And I was like, so I started posting those on the Facebook exchange as custom wood frame mirrors. Well, fast forward about two months into that business, I'm making like, you know, two to four mirrors a week. And I had this lady ask me if I can make her an end table. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I can make you an end table. I have no clue how I'm going to fucking do this, but I will, I'll figure it out. My husband was like, you cannot take this lady's money. Like you do not know how to make an end table. And I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. So that next day he came home, I made it. You guys, this was before I even had a tool, like a hand tool. Like I didn't even have like a, like a drill or anything yet. So I made this end table. I'll send you a picture of it tonight. Um, with wood glue, a hammer and nails. Okay. Like, it when that end table ended up going on the Bethany show nine months later. Oh my god! And it was just yeah. So that snowballed into and so people know, like people think they have to have like all the tools to go be successful, right? You have to have the vision for it. You go go find the customer, and then you have this gap of time to go figure out how to put it together. And that and that's how you create future, right? You don't get all this stuff and say, "Well, let me put it all together and then go try to make it work." That's just not how the real life works. It's 
when something's coming your way and there's a possible deal to put together, you just got to go figure out how to put it together. And uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know? It, you know what I mean? There were so many times I hit a wall in that business where it's like, holy shit, I just spent four days building this bed and I built the measurements backwards. You know, like I literally built a bed sideways. And that was one of my first beds that I ever built. But anyways, that business turned into, you know, beds, coffee tables, end tables, dining tables, shelving. I mean, I was doing restaurants. I was doing boutiques. I was doing celebrity, um, like custom pieces. I was doing a ton of stuff. Um, and momming and, and momming at the same time. You had your kids with you and your husband's working. Yes, my husband was working. My two-year-old was with me, like I said, for like the first two years of that. I mean, I, I could send you a thousand pictures of me and my, my two-year-old in wow. Home Depot with, you know, a cart full of wood or at the reclaimed wood yard or whatever. He came with me to everything. And then we would do, you know, my, my, uh, my oldest son at the time was five. And when things started getting like really, really busy and it just, I know that it's, it, it really is. That's amazing. It really is crazy. But and where did the where did the furniture business go from there? Did you continue to continue to scale it? Did you like you got to this point because you're in Monet now? So walk walk me through like where did you get it to? Then went like why did why did you transition? Okay, so like I said, the first three years I felt like I was scaling towards that million dollar goal. Yeah. And then you hit this wall where you realize like, holy shit, I physically can't do any more work. Well, then I started increasing my, my prices. Yeah. And I, Dylan, I increased my prices so much. I'm like, there's no fucking way someone is going to pay this much for a barn door. And they would be like, okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like at one point I was just telling them like these outlandish prices because I literally couldn't. And then I'm like, all right, you got a four month wait for that. And they're like, okay. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, and then, you know, there were yeah. so many moments and there was definitely uh, different times in that business where I did want to, which a lot of people probably listening to this right now are like, well, why didn't you hire people to build? Or why didn't you get, you know, a showroom or be able to like, and the thing that had built my business was me. Yeah. It wasn't, no one wanted someone else coming in to install their furniture. No one wanted to talk to anyone else ordering their furniture. No one, they wanted me. Like they, they bought me. They didn't buy, they, they wanted it. it I can't explain it. It's no, like, so it makes it total sense. And that's only time. so scalable. It's and it, it, it is. So I hit this wall where I was like, shit. Okay. How do I, you know, how do I make this grow more to where it's like, okay, I could hire people to come in and work with me, but then I have the overhead of a building. Then I, all meanwhile, you guys, this all was built on my garage, my home. Okay. So if I had a building, I would have to leave my house, which I was already working 10, 12 hour days, but you know, I could go inside, make dinner, come back down, work, go back up, put the kids to bed, come back to like, it was Exhausting. all like at yeah. home. So, um, I reached this point though, where I'm like, you know, what other options do I have? Like, it's either gonna be, you know, I bring on this overhead, which allows me to produce more, but then it evens out. It's not like it was this crazy scalable business, you know? And what I felt like was going to be scalable with it, um, I look back now and I'm like, thank you God for protecting me from so much because 
I mean, there were multiple pilots that I filmed. I was in negotiation with HGTV for a show called Mom the Builder, and then another uh, TV network wanted to pick it up. And then we, I mean, for, for the last two years of that business, it was literally like negotiation after negotiation. Oh, we want you to be like this. Oh, we want you to look like that. Can you come host this show? Can you come, at wow. one point, <laughs> I was negotiating with HGTV and they wanted me to come host a show um, that was like dog, like pet houses. So I would be the host of them building like these crazy pet houses. I don't even like pets. I mean, <laughs> no offense, that's probably gonna piss yeah, a lot of people off. Right. I don't like cleaning up pee and poop from animals, okay? Yeah. I already have kids. So not, I, I like, everyone is entitled to like their pets, have their pets, all that. But I'm like, pets aren't like my thing. Like I felt like I was being like inauthentic by doing something that wasn't like, it's not like I was this person who had you know, these animals, and it was like, I didn't feel passionate about it. So yeah. I didn't want to do something. And that was the last time that, that shit kind of fell through. And I was like, you know what? And then I just kept thinking like, well, maybe, um, you know, maybe uh, I'll get like picked up my furniture, like I'll get a furniture line at living spaces, or maybe this will happen. Or And it just really reached a point where it was like, you know, as much as we've been in and out of like, I mean, because it was from the time for four years, for four years, the first TV pilot that I filmed was six months after I was on the Bethany show, which would have only been about a year and three months into my business. Yeah. And I had that business for five years. So at the time of money kind of entering my life, I was extremely anti-direct sales. I was not into it. I thought it was, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, I was extremely uneducated, like extremely. Did you open up to like Monet, the possibility in the furniture business? Was it, did your passion burn out or was a financial gain not there? Like what, what opened your mind to consider something else when you, you know, you, owned your own business, you built it, you're making some headway there. Um, there's some hope, there's some opportunities, right? What was it that opened your mind to make that consideration for something new? Because that's, that's what I really like about you that I'm, I'm hearing today is you're always open minded of trying different things to figure out what you like and what you want. That's so far, that's my big takeaway from like what I've learned. Well, I mean, I, one of the biggest things that I like preach to my team is like, don't be afraid to pivot. Like no matter what it is in life, like, don't be afraid to like make that move and, and you know, transition. I feel like some people, they marry things, yeah. right? Like they marry decisions. Like this is what I'm doing. I'm building furniture. Like everyone's going to think I'm a failure and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm not switching and I'm not doing this and whatever. Um, so to answer your question, it, it was really a combination on both of the, those things. I had completely lost my passion for it because I relied on it so much financially that I kept drowning in the income because it would be like, okay, I'm making a little more money. I mean, it was a multiple six figure business. It wasn't like a little business. It was, I mean, it was a hell of a business on paper, you know? Um, but then you look at, okay, I have all the overhead of all the material. I have all the dear God, if we go into the time that I put into this business, then that would have, I mean, thrown the business out the window. 
But as I was evolving in that business and as I was growing, I was going more into debt. So I was like, okay, sweet. Like we could afford this trailer. Like let's get a new boat. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, to where my priorities were kind of fucked up because I was just trying to like, I was trying to live and kind of escape like the unhappiness from that subconsciously, not even realizing, but all my passion for that was gone because I was so dependent on it financially that it took away any of my joy that I got to like really just be creative, you know? So you're trying to make up like reasons to be happy. Like, hey, I'm not happy here at work. I'm not happy with my business. The the passion's running out, but maybe I could be happy with the things that could buy for me, which is not sustainable either, right? Because you get that thing and then you want the next thing and... No, and I had no time to use them. Like no time. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, imagine building things for people right and then you know i always say this too and i mean this and i you know if any of my previous clients are listening i don't mean this in a bad way but my clients owned my time like i lived by what time they said they were available for an install what time they needed it by what time you know so it it wasn't necessarily something because i relied on that income so it was like okay if i don't install this i mean and i can't even tell you how many times I showed up to a job where they gave me the wrong dimensions or, you know, I, I, the, one of the last barn door installs I did, I showed up and I went to freaking pre-drill the holes and it was literally brick behind drywall. Oh my God. Drywall was glued to brick. Okay. And I remember just literally wanting to, to cry because I'm like, okay, I have to have this payment right now right? Like I have to have this payment and I have to be back to pick up my son from school by three o'clock. Oh my gosh. And I'm in freaking LA and I literally, it was just, you know, the stress that came with that was at the time I felt like that's, that's what success was though. Like I didn't necessarily realize, like, I feel like I didn't explore the other options for income. I mean, God, 100%, like, pushed money into my life. Um, I had a mutual client from the housewives of orange County, Tamara judge, her hairstylist had come to me and she said that she had this, you know, this hair product that I would love. And I, I had no idea about the business or that it was an MLM or anything like that. At that time, I was kind of starting to use my social media to leverage a little bit more income because I was like, Okay, even if I have like extra 200 bucks a month, that's 200 bucks that I don't have to take out of like my bill money. Like I don't have to take that out of my car payment. I don't have to take that out of rent, the trailer, the insurance, the this, you know, all the things. Which my husband was still contributing, you know, half of our half of our life to, but my husband is also that like he's like the go to work, like you you don't He's not, he wasn't like business minded when it came to owning his own business or he wasn't, um, reliant enough on having that. He always would do side things, but it was like, our life was so, I don't know. I, I mean, I look back now and I'm like, dear God, how did we live like that? Yeah, and I think chaos. that's what keeps me so driven in the business I'm in right now, because I want to show people and tell people about other options. So when Monate was introduced to me, 
the second that I saw, I looked on Instagram, you guys, and I was like, oh, MLM business? Hell to the no. Bye, bye, bye. Like, no thank you. I literally, like, word for word said, like, keep your samples. Like, don't waste your samples on me. Like, I'm not interested in any MLM businesses. Just turned, completely turned off of it. No, like, I was just like, eh. Like, no, not interested. And I actually, what's so funny and the irony behind this is that my brain went to this place, which I feel like a lot of people do when, like, when they find out their friends in direct sales or whatever, they're like, oh, man, like, bless her heart. Like, my brain went to, like, oh, her and her husband must be getting divorced. She's going through, like, a midlife crisis. Like, something's off. Meanwhile, my whole life is crumbling. Like, my marriage is falling apart. My husband and I are on the verge of divorce. I literally am, like, nothing of a mother that I that I thought I would be. Because don't we all start our own business so that we can have time with our families and be our own boss That's and right. blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, you're not your own boss. Like, your business owns you. Like, it, it's just... I mean, at least that's like how I felt. Like yeah. I was not my own boss. Like I was ran by my business. And so I um, I told her, no, thank you. She reached back out again. I ignored her message. She reached back out again. And this is why I will always forever thank her and always know. And there's lessons that came from this that no means not right now. And right. you have to follow up. No matter what anyone says, you have to follow up. I don't care if they told you no and slammed the door in your face because what their life is needing today is maybe not what it's needing tomorrow. That's right. So I think that, you know, I've looked at every single experience that I've had as a learning lesson and that taught me no means not right now. And even for someone like me who was the hardest no, like the hardest no, I had a female entrepreneur business. I don't even know if we've even got to talk about this. Um, prior to that, where I would get together with entrepreneurial women and I actually set up like, um, you know, uh, like a panel of women who were like um, celebrity business owners that were my clients or, you know, uh, like higher profile business owners in Orange County and stuff. And I had events with 75 to 150 women. Wow where I was just craving that community of people who wanted more, like so badly I wanted that, but there was no income in that, so I couldn't really continue that. But this is this is the point that I'm trying to make right now is, you had to apply to come to it, and the only reason why we had people apply was because I said a direct sales business is not a small business owner. And I did not let anyone who was in direct sales even purchase a ticket to come to my event. Wow. Like, that's how, like, no, hell no, I was to direct sales. You just jumped from, like, one side to the complete opposite side. Uh, it's, I know. Wow. So it's like, this is, this is why I'm saying, like, you have no idea what your life is going to look like, what you're going to get into, what is going to happen. Like if it was not for my faith in God's plan, like I don't know where I would be today. Um, but what ended up actually even getting the product in my hands was she said, I'm sending you full size bottles. I just want you to try the products. Yeah. I used the products for 30 days and I had never in my entire life been able to run my fingers through the underneath of my hair. 
it was just a matted up knot. I have really fine hair, tangles super easy, blah, blah, blah. I fell in love with the product. And fast forward a month later, I had, I hadn't talked to her one time. She never followed up after that. Like I never told her that I even liked the product, like nothing. We didn't talk. Yeah. And I went to volunteer at my son's class and the teacher sent me away for an hour. She said, if you could come back in an hour. So I went to a little like coffee shop and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to share these products. I had already had people asking me about my hair, family, friends. And I'm like, why wouldn't I share these products? Like, why wouldn't I share something that I actually like? And I had to get the fuck over myself. Yeah. So how did you do that? How did you do that? Cause a lot of people, a lot of people are doing that thing. They're stuck. They're saying either I have this position at this company or I'm with this big corporation. I don't even want to look at working for a small business or I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an owner. I don't want to consider Monet or a different type of company. How did you make that like, I'm just going to try it. I have this going on. What's there to lose? Like, how did you make that shift in your mind? You know, I remember sitting there thinking like, if I could just make, which I mean, obviously we're not, we're not here to talk to everyone. Like most people get in direct sales when they need the money, they can't afford it. Anyone tells me they can't afford it. I'm like, you need to go figure it out. You need to go borrow the money. You need to take a loan. You need to put it on a credit card. You need to figure it out because no one gets in this business. I mean, majority of people do not start this business in this great financial position. Okay. So I kind of had my back up against the wall where I was like, dude, if I can make like 200 bucks, this was never a, a big plan for me in the beginning. Like the first month of me doing this was like, I just want to make money to take my kids to the nice movies where we could have dinner at the movies once a month or something, you know? And I was like, why wouldn't I share something? Because I had done, you know, some, some Instagram stuff where it's like, I'm not like this, you know, a chip company, a different, uh, greens company. I'm just trying to think of one off of the top of my head that I had done like through this, you know, little company where you get paid like 300 bucks to share this or whatever. And I'm like, I don't like these chips. Like I'm not drinking these greens. Like I, I'm not that person who can go online and talk about something like I'm the most real person you'll ever meet. And I can't fake like fake anything for the life of me. Like I can't even like fake, like, like I will tell myself, don't say anything. Don't say anything. And I will, you know, like that's just how I am. So it's like, I couldn't do that thing where I was talking about something or sharing something that I I genuinely didn't like. So I think really, and this is why I always say to people, before you knock the business, try the product. Because once you love something, it's like going and having the best steak of your entire life. You're going to naturally tell everyone, Dylan, I had the best fucking steak. You have to go to this new restaurant just open up an ocean side. Like you have to go there, right? So it's like, that's what happened to me. Like that's literally what happened to me. So as I'm like in this, you know, I'm, you know, going through like this separation, my husband and I are still living in the same house. I'm sleeping down on the couch. I like start this business. I get invited to one of these like little, you know, wine and wash, like think party things with money. And I'm like, whatever, fuck it. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. It's that like a little winery over here. 
I'm like, I'm going to go and Jesse could spend time with the kids tonight, whatever. So I go and I'm there and I'm like, you know, I walk in the place. Let me just tell you, I walked in that place and I walked out of that place a completely different person for the rest of my life. And when I walked in, I was full of my ego. I thought that I was the shit. I had celebrity clients. I had a real small business. I'm just coming here to like, look at your cute little business. Like these two girls got up on this, you know, this mic and they're talking about how life changing this business was. One of them was a fire wife. One of them was a pastor's wife, both stay home moms, like home birth mom, like, you know, the whole like, literally sitting there thinking like that's awesome you didn't have to ask your husband for like your starbucks this week like that's cute and in my mind i'm like i've never had to ask my husband for money like i'm not like that like i got my own business i'm like really successful like did you see i was filming with the housewives last week like and it was like what an egotistic brat and not that i ever had that vibe of like oh i'm so much better but I did think that I was better than direct sales. I did. I thought that I was above that. And I don't ever think, I don't think I'm above the bum on the freaking street. Okay. Yeah. That's not my MO. That's not my personality like at all. But when it came to business, I worked my ass off for five years of just that business and many other ones prior to that where I had such an ego with that. And it literally took me asking after this event, this life-changing opportunity, how much money are you making? And I remember it was just like an awkward moment <laughs> where I was like, she's scared to tell me like, oh, 800 bucks this month. Like, oh, that's cool. Like record breaking. Yeah. Wow. You know? And it was that month she had made, you know, nearly six figures. My God. So, and that's so, right. I'm happy you said that because like, People, it's like we we put ourselves in different positions or different levels, and it's like compared to what? Compared to what, right? Because if you're going to start comparing all the players in this country, all the players in the world, like we're ants, right? Yeah. So it's just like any time that I feel like, hey, I'm, I'm doing something, I'm, I'm making my way, I humble right back down, I'm like, dude, I'm not even freaking close. This, no. this person who owns that building right there is like 10 times my net worth. And that's probably yeah. one of their buildings, you know? So you make yeah. the, so you made the transition. You go so to Monate. Night, like I said, I left a completely different person because it did two things. It humbled the fuck out of me. Okay. Like I am, I am an ant on a hill. Okay. And it, it really made me, it really made me realize that there was more okay and i think that for so long i just because i kept you know plateau 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 i just kind of got in this space in my head where i'm like is there more like is it just the people that get lucky like is it just the people who marry someone with money like is it just like you know small business like i'm rocking this small business i mean i'm making more than any of my other friends with a small business i got like all the clients, I got this, I got that, you know, I'm four to six months out with a lead time. Like I, I have it. And leaving that place that night, like, I just remember like thanking God on my way home for opening my eyes and just putting me in my place because it, it, it really, really, it did. It, it humbled me in a way that changed my life forever. Oh, yeah. Like it changed my life forever because it allowed me 
the opportunity to really, really, truly like talk to people who were in my shoes at that time. Like when I could get on here and I could be like, look, I know you're thinking about, oh, people are going to think I'm failing. Oh, this is going to happen with my business. Oh, this and that. Like, oh, what about this? What about all this time? What about, you know, every single thing. And it's just like the food stamps thing. It's like, girl, I hear you. I feel you. I was doing that. Like I could not wait to make enough money to pay for my own groceries. I could not wait to make enough money to pay my rent on time. Like I could not wait to make enough money to, to literally have a thousand dollars in my savings yeah. account, you know? Yeah. So when I left that event, I, I made a promise to God that, that I, I would run with it and I would do anything that he put on my path. Like so I was committed to that. And, um, I literally went home the next day and I just started sharing it. Like I had something for other people. And I think that from the beginning, if you've watched me this entire time in this money journey, for those of you who have or haven't, um, you know, one of the biggest things that I was so excited about was what those two girls showed me that night talking that they could be the pastor's wife, fire wife, stay home mom, no business experience, not a small business owner, not of this, not of that, not come from corporate America, give up that, do whatever, and be able to like really truly build an empire. That's right. And you know, being able to have the ability to help other people do that. Yeah, I would say nine times out of ten, people laugh, mock, make fun of, whatever. I'm not here for the the nine people. I'm here for the one. That's right. So and so that. Oh, I've been watching your story uh, for some time and you go into like an MLM and a lot of people, it's like business to consumer, right? You're selling a product. You're just going through your network. And I, you know, watching your social media and your shift, you're like, you became this leader of like business of people of helping people and different things like that. Can you walk me through like that shift? Like where did that come from? Cause you're doing this furniture business doing everything yourself with your own two hands. Then you get into Monet and you start building these groups of people and leading these teams and influencing people. Like that's a massive like change right there as well. I'm sure you're still out grinding and doing those different things, but the leadership side's impressive. Like that's uh, that's extremely difficult, right? It is. And I think the leadership side is where I gravitated the most in this business was the fact that, you know, when I think it's like people are like, oh, yeah, help people. Yeah, whatever. But it's like, look back on my very first post that I ever talked about money. The biggest thing that I was most excited about sharing this product was sharing the opportunity for women to come in and do something and make something for themselves, whether that be 200 bucks a month or 50 grand a month. So I think that, you know, there really wasn't, I guess, a big shift. I always, I always wanted to show people that there was more. And it's like, even when I look back at that, you know, female entrepreneur business, I wanted to inspire women. I wanted to show them. I wanted to support them. I wanted to inspire them and motivate them. I hate the word motivate, but I wanted to motivate them to believe more because I feel like believing something is it's the biggest thing like i told my son the other day we got him a new jet peeper's birthday i said you're not writing it until your school is caught up 
and he's like, every day he thinks he's going to be able to ride it, but then, nope, you're not riding it until your school's caught up. So I said, look at me. You have to envision, because this was before he knew that we got it. I said, you have to envision that that freaking jet ski in the garage right now. How hard are you going to work for that? Mm, that's good. People don't envision the things there already. It'd be like me going to Monet and being like, okay, well, give me the Cadillac and then I'll work hard. You know? Right. And I think showing people through, like, the leadership of, like, no, like, everything is there for you, but what are you willing to do to get there? And I think there's such a lack of, you know, I, I mean, I, it's getting better over the last couple of years, but there's such a lack of, you know, women supporting women. And I think that just gravitating towards that and just really, like, what fills my cup the most is seeing them win. And, you know, fortunately, that's how our compensation plan is built. So it's Amazing. like the more people you help win, the higher up in the company you go and the higher your income goes. And so it's like, I knew I wanted to be a millionaire, but I think just really evolving into the like, wait, like, you know, now it's like, okay, well, how, how can I help? other people a have that mindset and i think that when it comes to you know the leadership the number one thing that i've done is is make people believe it like believe it because if you can believe it you could achieve it everyone has the skill set i don't give a shit where you come from what you do what your past is what business you're in now what anything like you have the skills to become a millionaire in this business. And I and I truly believe that with all my heart. I've had girls from every which direction come up and, and win like crazy in this business. And- um, And Krista, you're not just like signing somebody up and like, here you go. Like you spent a ton of time developing people and coaching people and serving people. And that's why you're winning. I think a lot yeah. of people do things and, and they're doing it for them, right? In your- as you were just saying a second ago, like, you know, like you, you, it sounds like you look at yourself on where you were and you look at other people and you're like, Hey, like, I want to see you here. Let me get you. I have a little bit of a system. So I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say every single person that comes into this business, like I'm mentor and I'm like one-on-one -on -one and blah, 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 blah. Like, that's not how it works with me. Okay. I am like, I am, I am more business than anything when it comes to this, you know, business or anything that I do in my life. And at the end of the day, I, my job is to make people believe not, I, that sounds really tacky, not make people believe, show people to believe in themselves, but I can't want something more for them than they want it for themselves. So my system of, you know, in place, when people come into this business, I will absolutely, I will help you. I will guide you. Right. I have this link. And it's, here's my link where you can go and it's, it's basically a link to an email and it has a to-do list, has a big to-do list. You need to add yourselves to the chats. You need to watch this training video. You need to go on here. You need to get your certification from this training. If you don't do that, that's, that's it. Until you do that, like I, I can't. So I love it. one thing that I have done that I feel like has been extremely beneficial in this business which I mean, this goes across the board for anything is you can't drag anyone into anything. Like you just can't, like you can't drag people through anything. 
And when I started in this business, I was so busy building furniture, fitting money in the nooks and crannies of literally my life, like that was falling apart before my yeah. face. I, you know, moved out, got my own place. I mean, there was, it was a crazy, crazy time during the first six months. And when I matched that income, it was like, okay, I got to reel it in with building furniture because obviously there's way more of an opportunity for my family's future over here. That in return gave me the time to, you know, work on things with my marriage and all of those things. So in that transition, I'm realizing I can help people do this. I can help people who are in this position. I can help people who are in this position. So here's there, there's two things that I did that not a lot of people do. I was extremely publicly vulnerable. Okay. Okay. You cannot help someone go through something that you're not sharing. So like, I can't help someone they're not going to relate to me if they're just seeing me on social media. When I, when I started in this business, I, I talked about my story, where I came from, how I started my other business, what I did with that, all of those things. So it's like sharing my divorce. I had women coming to me that were going through divorce, that were, you know, going through separation, all of those things. So I had brought people in with that belief that they could do this, that this right. was for them. And then I am, I like to call myself a very independent mentor because I am breeding. I want to help someone be independently successful. If you're relying on me for your success, you're only going to succeed so long because I gotta, I gotta keep moving. Right. That's right. So it's like, I will do everything I can for someone doing something for them themselves. And when they come into this business, there is all the training, all the things, but the people have to make the moves themselves. Because when I started, like I said, I didn't have time to get on the phone with every single person who joined me and have an hour long conversation and do all of this. It's like, here you go, go fill out this, go do this, watch this training. Let me know if you have any questions and then we move on to the next thing. So I think that, you know, when it comes to mentorship and, and all of my like coaching and everything I do, like my goal is for people to be successful on their own without me. That's like, right. I don't want anyone to depend on me for anything, like, ever. Like, so, I don't want that. A couple key things for everybody listening right now. So, Chris has lived it. So, by living it, then she could teach it. So, then once she's figured out those two things, then you hear about, like, this checklist and this link to the website and stuff. Then she made it scalable. She made it digital to scale out some of that work. Once you get past that and you show the will, the grit, that you're going to push through and get through it, then she starts diving in and spending more time. It's amazing. I was just with a, um, a sales org of a, one of our companies today, and um, that sales org has, I think, uh, like 38 sales members. And I was talking to the leaders, and we're going through the numbers, and there's some people in red, which means they're not hitting quota. And I'm like, what do you think about that? Well, it's not good. And I said, well, what would we do? Are we going to – would they go on a pip? Are we going to – keep them what are we going to go do and like yeah well it should be on a pip and i said hold on a second anybody that has the will that has the grit i'll sign up for that all day long because then it's just te I, we're here to teach strategy as you're saying i can't teach you how to want to wake up how to want to do good those different things you have to have that for yourself on the inside if you have that and you show when I go to your activities in the CRM and it shows you're making your outbound activities, you're doing those different things, but your numbers suck, 
that just means you just don't know the right strategy and that's our job to teach. So that's amazing. And that's how you, you that's how you weed it out, right? Because you can't teach people how to want to go do good for themselves. Like we're all going to meet our standards in life. But if you want to do good, it's very easy to teach people, okay, here's these steps that you need to follow inside whatever business it's going to be. Well, and I think I think that kind of leads me to like, you know, the one of my final thoughts is sacrifice. You know, I feel like there's, there's not a lot of people who are willing to sacrifice. Um, and what I mean by that is when... I was growing my business. I was growing my fucking business. So I was not at like the gossip circle. I wasn't going to friends dinners. I wasn't doing, I mean, unless it was an opportunity and, and you know what, some people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, Oh, so you were using people or, Oh, you were this. No, 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 no. I was growing my business. So unless you were leveling up with me to where I was going to have good productive conversation, like I wasn't going there. That was a waste of time. I didn't go out and party so I could be hung over the next day. I actually just heard something. Um, I've been, I, I, I don't know if you listen to Daniel G, but he's like one of my favorites on Instagram right now. And he had said something and he was talking about, you know, the weekends. And it's like, no, like someone really good at their job in, in sales specifically, like they're working on the weekends. Like people aren't willing to work on the weekends. Like people aren't willing to sacrifice the kid's birthday party that they're gonna go to and end up, you know, drunk as shit off mimosas and hung over the next day. And then like people aren't willing to do that. They're, right. They wanna watch for Netflix. They wanna do this, they wanna do that. But anyways, I feel like, you know, the, the sacrifice really has to come into play like super hard. Like sometimes, you're not at the family dinner. Sometimes you're, you know, skipping that birthday celebration. Sometimes you're, you're, you're skip. I mean, right now I have my best friend and my sister who I never get to see in the living room. And it's like, no, I gotta go do this. That's like, right. you know? So I, I think that a lot of people, they're not willing to sacrifice and they feel like, you know, if it invades their, their time and it's like, no, that's not what success looks like. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Like you have to sacrifice to succeed. And one thing that I always, always like lean into is how much can God trust you with success? Like he will give you all the things, but it's like, are you going to stay in the hallway? Are you going to walk through the door that he's opening? And it's like, he knows how much he could trust you. He knows he's not going to give you the rock star team member when he knows that you're just going to ignore everyone's phone calls yeah. on the weekends. He's not going to give you that, you know, insanely amazing success story if he knows that you're just going to like kind of hit it and quit it with your business. Like, oh, let me get that Gucci bag. Let me get this. And then my team's on their own. They're lucky enough that I sign up. Like, I made God a promise when I started in this business and that's why I still act the same way I do as the same day I did when I started running or no, I'm still here to serve people. I'm still here to, you know, help people, whether it be with the products or whether it be with the opportunity. And I think that so many people get to a level and then they reel it in, get to a level and reel it in. And I don't know. It just, it, it's, it's hard because there's a lot of people not willing to do that. And I know you have to jump off, but the other thing I respect about you is you didn't disqualify yourself. Four kids, 
right? You have a lot going on and you still found the time to make your dreams come true and prove the life that you have, which is amazing. Yeah, I think that, I mean, disqualifying yourself is, is definitely common. I feel like people think, you know, they put themselves in a box. They put themselves in a box where it's like, oh, I made this decision. It's just the way it is. And, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about pivoting and just realizing like, no, today doesn't have to be tomorrow. Like the way things are today doesn't have to be the way they are tomorrow. That's right. And don't, don't make excuses and don't disqualify yourself, right? 100%. Thank you, Krista, for coming on. All it was right. awesome. You. You're crushing oh, yes. it. so much. All right. All right. Be good. You See you later. Good Thank you. With that said, guys, uh, thank you very much, Krista. And a couple key points that I took away from that. Envision the life that you want. Where do you see yourself? And when you're in a position, and even though that position's working today, does that match your dreams? Does that match where you want to go? And if it doesn't, don't be scared to pivot. Don't be scared to do something different. Don't be scared to drop a notch down to figure out how to get back up. Whatever your gut's telling you, you got to go forward with it. You got to face it. And never disqualify yourself with what's going on in your life. If you're in debt, you have kids, you have all these things going on where you can't go do it. There's always a way to make it happen. There's always a way to do it. It's if you believe you deserve it for yourself. So thank you guys for tuning in today. Do good.